Hello and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the One Up Pod, where today, close to its 10th anniversary, we'll be discussing Telltale's The Walking Dead. Hello? Anybody? You need to be quiet. Who is this? I'm Clementine. This is my house. You've been all by yourself through this? Yeah, I want my parents to come home now. I think that might be a little while. Staying put for too long is a mistake. Those things are all over the damn place. Personally, I'd appreciate the company of a guy who can knock a couple of heads together if he has to. I know who you are. And I know you're a killer. My name is Chip Thompson. I am your host for this month. And I am basically like the Clementine of the group. You know, oh, like God. the sweet and innocent child. Uh... And Also, I have the hat she wears throughout the game. So, you know, it works. You've got that. <laughs> and I am joined by the voice you just heard there by Andy, who I like to think is kind of the Lee of the group. Uh, I promise that's not because I've apparently made you my surrogate father figure. Uh, <laughs> it's because you're loyal, you're dedicated to those you love, and occasionally furious when someone selects the wrong dialogue option. I mean, that that's true. <laughs> see, that was pretty good, right? I'm, I've nailed these yeah. this time. Nailed them. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh-huh. Next, we have Becky, who, although he's not technically in the game, I like to think, Becky, that you're our Negan. Uh, because I could picture you in a post- post-apocalyptic <laughs> scenario, rocking a really stylish leather jacket and a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. And let's face it, if anyone's going to fly off the handle and bash someone's brains in, it's going to be Strawberry Rampage. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I, won you, yeah. I think I feel like I won you over with that one. Yeah, it really took a while, but yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you had to write a whole entire paragraph to get that one. <laughs> yeah, you can't just open with that and leave it. <laughs> and finally, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to point this out that I wrote this before I found out you had COVID bash, okay? <laughs> uh, finally, much like the infection that sweeps through the world creating the undead, it's the plague and pestilence of my life, it's bash. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> Wow. 100% will take that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you'd wear that as a badge of, a badge of honour. Absolutely. Might, might put that on my Twitter profile. Um, <laughs> pagan pestilence of chips life. <laughs> I'm definitely changing your name on my phone to that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, why don't we start this episode the way we always do every single month as we talk about what we've been playing in the previous four weeks. So, um, Becky, let's come to you first. What have you been playing? I got my hands on Card Shark, which Ooh, I yeah. love just as much as I did watching it. Uh, now that I'm playing it, I am terrible at it. Turns out my <laughs> short-term memory is not what it used to be. Oh. But yeah, really, really fun. Really recommend it. And also Elden Ring, because much like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, this game doesn't fucking end. <laughs> and I can't tell where I'm at, I am in the story because the story is really vague. And yeah, I still really love it, but also I hate it. I love that we've all got one now. We've all got one that's just going to like constantly come up every single month, a game that we're playing. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, what have you been playing, Bash? <laughs> I, I don't play video games anymore. I play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm playing a new game, if that may helps in any way, shape or form, because I've started crafting. I learned to code macros to maximize leveling. <laughs> And also allows me to sit back and read my spicy fantasy novels at the same time. So it's great multitasking. Are these spicy novels Final Fantasy fourteen based? <laughs> no. No, oh. no. Are you writing one of those as we speak? <laughs> no, but I should. <laughs> you should. You absolutely should. 
but yeah, no, I um, I'm just fully in in the throes of Final Fantasy fourteen, in a big way again at the moment. I think, um, it's come as you know, as I got a PC, so rather than playing on PlayStation, I'm playing it like as it's meant to be played. Sorry to people who play on PlayStation. I was one of you. I am now not. <laughs> Aha, PC dickhead. PC dickhead. Yeah, and um. I did briefly try Final Fantasy 15, lads, 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 but it kept crashing. So uh, I need to uninstall it and reinstall it, I think. Um, but the brief time I spent, love the lads, obviously. Yeah, the lads are pretty good. The lads are pretty good, yeah. But yeah, sorry, otherwise I'm utterly fucking boring. I did create a new character, by the way. I named them Hash Brown and I created another new character that is called Blooming Heck. <laughs> nice. And a tiny little Lala fell person that is called L. O L. Because it makes me laugh, which is all that matters. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and Andy, what's been getting your thumbs excited this month? Um, I don't know how to feel about that phrase. Yeah, just <laughs> phrasing anyone. I've actually taken a break from Elden Ring because I've been uh, very sick recently and I just didn't have the mental energy to deal with how much that game was going to kick the shit out of me. (laughs) So, despite that, I've been playing a lot of XCOM 2. So I've just been getting the shit kicked out of me in entirely different ways. (laughs) Just, like, getting really attached to these soldiers and then watching them get shot in the head, like, immediately and everything falling to hell and having to start from scratch with a bunch of rookies and... I'm going to doom humanity. I know I am, but I'm just going to see it through to the bitter end, I think. In the game, right? In the game. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good. Just checking, just checking. Well, for myself, I've been playing It Takes Two with my cousin, um, which I think you've all you've all played it, right? Or at least most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's just like the best co-op experience I've had in a very long time. And I just really wish there were more co-op games like this that we could all play, all of us, because it's just the best thing. Like, I love co-op games and I'm sad that the industry kind of moved away from that quite a bit. I've also been playing Oxenfree, uh, which is just brilliant. I had a little bit of a rocky start with it because I had a couple of bugs right at the start, which meant I had to restart the game from scratch. And oh, and the music was quite loud as well. Like, it was quite overbearing towards the dialogue, but that's really kind of... Um, smoothed out as well so I'm deep into that mystery and I'm like literally desperate to find out what is I'm gonna go play it after this because I need to know what is happening because that's just a really really great game and everyone told me it was a really really great game and they were right it's really great it is chip though I do just want to double check you know you can change the sound settings right you can't I had a look there was no sound settings in the game oh I know, I'm so surprised, because I was just like, okay, I'll just turn the music volume down. But yeah, paused it, settings, options, everything. Mm. There wasn't a sound option. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, but and weird, right? You think that is a, a, bit weird. a game like that, it, it feels like a very basic, almost accessibility option, you know? It probably is, but Oxfam 3, I think at this point is, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like at least a decade old at this point. Which I'm not suggesting games didn't have accessibility options a decade ago. They did, but... I think they definitely had volume they options. Had volume. Yeah, they <laughs> did have volume options. No, no volume. Always the, sound, the soundscape in the game is really important, though. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, It's lovely. I just couldn't play it with headphones, unfortunately, because it was just too much. I couldn't really hear what the characters were saying, so I have to use my crappy monitor speakers, which is a shame. But the game is brilliant, and it's like I'm well into it right now. 
So now comes the part where we uh, lock our resident gaming historian into a small room and force him to do research on our particular chosen subject. So what do you have for us today, Andy? I'm just happy to be out of that room. That's all I can say. <laughs> I bet you are. It's very small. <laughs> it's very. It's just small and muggy and gross and there's rats in there. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have been doing research on the history of zombie games because just, it's just a never-ending stream of those things, apparently. Like zombies. So, uh, there's one or two, right? Yeah. They just devour all your brains. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't write any of this down. I'm just fucking talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> like a zombie would. Like a zombie would. Yes. <sighs> so it it all starts in 1984 with Quicksilver's Zombie Zombie for the ZX Spectrum, which was credited as the first video game about zombies. Now there are some conflicting opinions on this, so just allow me a moment to shit all over those. 1982's Entombed for the Atari is sometimes called a zombie game, but the cover art is very clearly a ghost, and ghosts are not zombies. Being dead does not mean you are automatically a zombie, so fuck off with that. <laughs> there was also a game called Zombies, released in 1983, but that was quickly renamed to Realm of Impossibility, because it's not really a game about zombies. <laughs> uh, they're just one of several mob types that you can fight. You've, they've also got snakes in there, and like, if your game has as much focus on snakes as it does zombies, it's not really a zombie game. It could be a snake game, so we're not counting that either. And finally, <laughs> another one of the big ones that I found was the Evil Dead computer game, also released in 1984. But that's not a zombie game because they're people possessed by demons, you fucking idiots. Have you never seen the movies? <laughs> I haven't, Sorry. actually. Well, they're not <gasps> zombies. Sacrilege. I know. So yeah, zombie zombies. Oh, zombie zombie? Zombie zombie is the first game to be explicitly about zombies. In 1986 would be the second release uh, called Zombie. That's spelt with no E at the end. And that also has the distinction of being the first game ever published by Ubisoft. So zombies have a lot to answer for there. <laughs> in uh, 1989, Capcom, at the time best known for Mega Man and Ghosts and Goblins, decided to dip their toe into the zombie genre. We have an RPG horror mashup called Sweet Home for the Nintendo Famicom. And that would serve as the blueprint for what would eventually become known as the survival horror genre. Alone in the Dark and Alone in the Dark 2, released in 1992 and 1993 respectively, would also innovate the use of 3D characters in a pre-rendered background aesthetic and the use of cinematic camera angles. It featured undead ghouls, but they were not the main selling point of the game, nor were they the most iconic part of the game. That honour belonged to a freaky-ass clown. Sorry. Uh, <coughs> there's, a, there's a pause after freaky-ass. There isn't a pause after freaky. So it's freaky-ass, pa pause-ass clown, not freaky-pause-ass clown. So, yeah, just they're both frightening things to run into, but I just wanted to make that very clear. Cause I found I, the sentence quite frightening. Yeah, I, I'm I very I confused right now. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I, I wrote a lot of these extra notes when I was, like, sick, so... Oh... <laughs> Konami's uh, Zombies at My Neighbours was came out in 1993 as well. Um, that was a fun and silly top-down shooter that took inspiration from classic B-movies. That caused some controversy due to the violent-sounding name. It was renamed Zombies in some of the more squeamish markets because it's fine to insinuate people are going to get eaten, but you cannot say which people are going to get eaten. So that's that's <laughs> legal talk for you. And then, in 1996, Capcom came back with a vengeance with Resident Evil, which took uh, game design influences from Sweet Home and the aesthetic of Alone in the Dark, 
brought it all together to create a bona fide blockbuster. Uh, video games would never be the same again after Resident Evil popularised the horror genre and turned the humble zombie into a video game icon. Like, on the level of uh, Legend of Zelda and Star Wars, because it's neatly sandwiched between those two franchises in the list of best-selling game franchises of all time. Sega's The House of the Dead arrived in Japanese arcades in 1996, uh, with a worldwide release in 1997, and that helped continue Resident Evil's work of popularising the zombie in video games, it, this time in the form of like an exhilarating light gun game. Kind of like Duck Hunt if the ducks wanted to eat your brains. <laughs> and at this point in my research, I decided to go down a duck research hole. I wanted to see oh. if a duck could conceivably eat a man. And it turns out they can't, sadly, but their bites are pretty nasty. Oh, we should have let you out that room sooner. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> it got really hot in there. Uh, dehydrated. So, yeah, there's no recorded instance of a duck biting someone to death, <laughs> let alone devouring their body. So we got that carried out. But they do carry some deadly diseases, which is at least one thing they have in common with zombies. Uh, anyway, moving on from ducks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you learn so much on this podcast. You do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Resident Evil and House of the Dead, they had a glut of sequels uh, cashing in on their success. Resident Evil would also spawn a series of popular zombie movies starring Mila Jovovich. House of the Dead, on the other hand, got an Uwe Ball movie starring Clint Howard. So they're not quite <laughs> on the same level. Uh, Capcom would return the zombie genre with Dead Rising in 2006, which took even more like, inspiration from George Romero than uh, Resident Evil did. Left for Dead came in 2008, and that brought in the, a whole wave of co-op multiplayer horror games. It uh, paved the way for the likes of uh, Dead by Daylight and uh, the recently released Evil Dead game, which is really good. But don't get it. I reviewed that on the site. Read that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's safe to say Twitch in October would look very different without Left 4 Dead. And then Call of Duty decided to cash in on that by releasing like just an endless stream of zombie modes, which started with uh, Call of Duty World at War, and they just continued to squeeze rotten milk out of those dead udders to this day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's a lot of farmyard animals kind of in this history section. Yeah. I don't know. That wasn't intentional, but it just kind of came out that way. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. In uh, 2011, Dead Island looks set to bring a bit of gravitas to the zombie genre with the promise of a really moody and emotionally provocative cinematic trailer, which was promptly undermined by the game being a big load of tongue-in-cheek wank. <laughs> so, kind of regret my phrasing there as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so anyway, that, uh, fans would need to wait at least another year before they could find a zombie game with actual gravitas with the arrival of Telltale's The Walking Dead. Very well done. I enjoyed that immensely. Thank you. Even the tongue-in-cheek wank. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into Telltale's version of The Walking Dead, I wanted to ask the pod gang what history they had with the other Walking Dead media. So, for instance, I collected the comics from the very beginning when they first came out, all the graphic novels, uh, for better or worse, and saw it through right till the very end when it finished a couple of years ago. All 32 volumes of it. There's a lot of highs, many lows, especially later in the run, and some creamy middles as well. I tried the TV show when that was first released, and I got to the end of the first season, and because it wasn't the comics, I decided I hated it and didn't want to watch any more. Until weirdly recently when I knew this episode was coming up and I've actually been watching The Walking Dead TV series. Uh, I just finished season four. Um, it might be the most mid-TV show of all time. <laughs> and that's my review of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I need another seven seasons to go. Fantastic. Ah. But I was still excited for the announcement of this game back in the day, and the reviews that it garnered upon release just got me even more excited. Um, it's actually the first Telltale game that I ever played, and it kind of kicked off this like love for Telltale that I had, because you know after The Walking Dead, I went to Wolf Among Us, and Batman, and Back to the Future, and Jurassic Park, like, even though that's not very good, and Game of Thrones as well. So yeah, it's kind of consumed a fair bit of the media. But what about you guys? What about you, Bash? I'm much like you. I, I didn't finish the comic series. I don't think I... I think it started amazingly. And I mm-hmm. I had the compendiums rather than the individual Ooh, nice. volumes. So I think like I read the first maybe two compendiums and then was waiting. And then in the time between, I just forgot it existed, essentially, and I've <laughs> never gone back to it. And that seems fine. Yeah, that's fair. You're not missing much. Yeah, yeah. And then with the TV series, so... So I think, I mean, I don't think I'm unusual at all. There are plenty of people that do love the TV series. Like, I loved it until I really stopped loving it. And that was another thing where eventually one day, like, it was between seasons. I, for whatever reason, didn't have Sky at the time. Like, I was in a break or something like that. And so I got behind, like, I'd missed a season. And then I just never picked it back up again (laughs) i'm sure without spoilers and stuff and like when we're off recording i can ask you i can say where i'm up to or whatever but um yeah again it was a thing where it's like that seems fine (laughs) i don't know it's happened across all their content i mean we're focusing on the first game right yeah, the first season of... So, uh, but I did two seasons and then between the gaps... Oh, wow. I never went <laughs> back and did season three or the other <laughs> stuff. Like, it's clearly a thing with me with Walking Dead. I get about two-thirds of the way in and then I'm like, nah, I'm done now. Yeah, but you've probably seen all the best stuff that way, though. You've gone out yeah. on a high on everything. Yeah, I'm like, it's fine. I don't need any more. I'm good for <laughs> zombies now, thanks. <laughs> oh, my God. Zombies is a fantastic word. <laughs> I want to steal that, please. Thank you. No, it's mine. I've got it. Thank you. Uh, Andy, how about you? I never much cared for the, the comic. Like I, I started out okay, but I got very burned out on it. I, I was also kind of bitter and petty about it because I'd been developing like an indie zombie comic with somebody for a while. And then The Walking Dead just dropped and it was so huge. And then my artist didn't want to continue with it. Oh, no. I, I maintained my scripts were better than... Robert Kirkman. Yeah. <laughs> that. That's not a very high bar to clear, but you know. Ooh. I, I liked the first two seasons of the TV show, uh, but I definitely dipped out once uh, John Bernthal left. Like, Shane oh, was the only character my on line. that show. <laughs> yeah, he was the only character on the show that felt complex in the way that like characters like Don Draper and Walter White did, like on like because they're all on the AMC network. Uh, everything else on that show just felt like a. Like a mid-sci-fi channel show, fine. Like you know, it's, it's doing a thing. But like every now, whenever I dip back into the show, because people would be saying, "Oh, it's getting good again," and I'd dip her. This is shite. This is really <laughs> fucking stupid. They're just killing people for shock value. And like I just lost interest, and I just I, I I like all the actors in it, but I like them in the things that aren't The Walking Dead. Basically, it's weird. I I have a very I have no love for The Walking Dead, but I. I immediately found the prospect of this game appealing. I had played uh, Telltale's Sam and Max, Back to the Future, and Ooh. Monkey Island. Uh, they were all fine. They weren't there was nothing to write home about. Definitely not on the level of the LucasArts glory days. But 
I liked the style of it. I thought like I thought that could there, there was something there, and I liked the episodic release format to a, to a degree. So it just it all sounded kind of interesting to me. So I definitely I was definitely willing to give Walking Dead a try, and I I was like an early adopter on that. I just got it the, the second it came out. And did you manage to finish like all the game, all the Telltale Walking Dead as well? Yes, eventually. Oh. It took a long time. Okay. I I took a long break between seasons two and three and an even longer gap between three and the final season interesting interesting so all quite similar so far so what about you becky i read a few of the comics and they didn't really grab me and then i watched the tv series and then john bernthal left and frankly what's the point in watching anything after john bernthal leaves it (laughs) so you know i have that opinion about a lot of things (laughs) and watched your streams your dickhead run of the walking dead but that's about it, actually. I've played other Telltale games, but I don't know. I think because the, the comics and the TV show didn't really catch my attention. I never really wanted to play this one, I don't think. It just didn't really, like, appeal. I was kind of a playing it, wanting to play it for the sake of playing another Telltale game rather than it being specifically related to the fact that it was The Walking Dead. So I've only actually just played four episodes for the pod. So your intro to the Telltale Walking Dead game was me on stream. Yep, doing the dickhead run. Fuck, that's a that's a terrible way to start. Yep, anything. absolutely. <laughs> I was amazed at some of the decisions I didn't make compared to you. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> okay, then let's do what we're actually here to do and get into the delicious fleshiness of the game itself. Mm. Um, which I, when I wrote that, it made sense because zombies, but it just kind of sounds weird now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. Uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead is an episodic adventure narrative game set in the world of the comic books of the same name by writer Robert Kirkman and artist Tony Moore, and they are published by Image Comics. This episode, as we mentioned, is going to be focused on just season one of The Walking Dead, although we may touch upon our experiences with the later seasons at some point, as we again we've kind of mentioned. So the game starts not too long after the initial zombie outbreak in the comics, and focuses around a new protagonist, a former university professor, and also convicted criminal, Lee, and the orphaned and daughter to us all, Clementine. As the player, we are Lee, and we have to navigate a world ravaged by the undead, trying to select the right dialogue options to keep you and Clementine and the rest of the group you meet along the way safe and alive, and it's not always that easy. (laughs) And yeah, no doubt we've all failed a bunch of times along the way in trying to do that. Um, The decisions that you make early in the game will no doubt come to (laughs) bite you in the butt further down the line. And there's always consequences to everything you say or do. And you best believe people are going to remember what you've done in that game. Because that game likes to remind you in a very threatening manner. Bet he will remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that could become one of our catchphrases here. Like (laughs) The amount of shit that we all say is like, Andy's going to remember that. It will come up like six months down the line. It's entirely likely. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of gameplay, we have uh, quick time events, and that leads to lots of death and many, many gruesome moments. And on the surface, that's pretty much it. You're trying to survive this dangerous world against zombies and humans alike. <clears throat> so let's talk about the story of The Walking Dead. It feels like a pretty important thing for a narrative game. So how did you find the story then, Andy? What I found interesting about the story is just it is rooted in character choices, but to a degree, it's like it's not a huge branching narrative. It's, it stays very close to the fixed point for the most part. It, it's not. It's like the illusion of choice more than 
like a quantic dream game where like they have to have these massive sprawling like trees of narrative threads for you to follow because the, the fact is like david cage games aren't very good so like one single thread of that game wouldn't satisfy you so it needs to create like <laughs> the the idea of replay value with a david cage game whereas the walking dead the writing was strong enough where it just needed you, you, you would only need to play it once to be satisfied with what you're getting because every choice kind of stays very close to each other not it doesn't like veer off wildly it's like you if you don't kill somebody someone else might kill them or you leave them alive they don't really come back into it again it's not like sophisticated narrative branching it's very it's not or even like life of strange it's like i said it's the illusion of choice it's not really important though so yeah like i say it's the illusion of choice it's um it's not really about the, where the story goes the choices are more about what it says about you as a person like it's very very minor like granular things like deciding whether to give a survivor a gun to end her life or refusing she's going to die either way but it's more about how that affects you you have to reconcile with your own choices and live with them as you go through the game it doesn't have any impact on the game the story itself it's it's more about how it affects you yeah i'd agree with that i think that's what makes it so strong like the writing uh, of the game because you for, for me anyway at least like i kind of it it did give me that illusion of choice like i got sucked into it so much because i did weigh up those decisions i know you kind of get like the timer with some of your answers but you know you can always pause a game sometimes and just trying to think yeah. of like yeah do i give this person a gun do i not give them a gun do i side with this person do i side with that person and i always found a lot especially in the game of thrones game with telltale that they are bastards and they will kind of just screw you over sometimes with those choices. So they'll they maybe sort of lead you down a sort of, this is the more moral choice. And then you're like, okay, well, I'll do this. And then, okay, well, that got my entire family killed. So maybe next time I shouldn't be nice. But I think, yeah, more than those other games, definitely Walking Dead definitely sucked me into believing that my decisions did have weight and consequences. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all down to the quality of the writing and the performances. It, it doesn't need to be like elaborate. It just needs to be simple and direct, and it needs to affect you. Yeah, boy, how did it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> what about you, Becky? Uh, so I need to preface, I think, all of my comments with, I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, because this would be totally different then, won't it? Like, yeah. From you being in control of the game. So I think... <sighs> I, th I think part of... I feel like I'm going to be a dissenting voice here, to be honest. I think part of that is the fact that I didn't know what was coming. And obviously, Telltale Games, they rely on that kind of shock value and look at that kind of in-the-moment storytelling um, and choices, which I obviously didn't have that kind of immediacy with it because I knew where certain choices would take you. Mm -hmm. So I found it sporadically compelling, the story, Mainly the parts with Lee and Clem and their relationship, but all of the other characters I just didn't really care about. So whenever the narrative kind of branched off into those like various subplots that were going on, I was just a bit like, oh, okay, can we just get to like the next quick time event? And was just kind of like motoring through the story because I knew where I needed to get to, which isn't the best way of playing a game, but also I'm a busy lady and Elden Ring is fucking huge. <laughs> So, yeah, and and I think for me, like, it felt the pacing was off sometimes. That You'd have sort of an episode would be structured, sort of, there was an action bit at the beginning, 
and then it would slow right down while you did a puzzle or talk to people or try to resolve like a, a verbal conflict. Then you'd have a middle action sequence and then it would slow right down and the same thing would happen again. And then you'd have the final climactic action sequence. So once I'd kind of clicked into that structure, I was like, oh, I can see this really clearly and I know how it's going. And it, yeah, it just, it wasn't, it just didn't grab me in the way that some of the other Telltale games have. Um, and I do think the element of surprise or the lack of surprise is probably a big factor in that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I think I formed different connections to the characters as a result because I knew where it was going. So there was kind of that emotional removal as well from from certain characters. I think it's going to Andy's point in terms of the narrative choicing. I think it's very obviously earlier telltale in in terms of flexing that kind of narrative choice. I think, you know, it does get more complex with with other games. And so I've probably done myself a disadvantage by playing those later as well, where, you know, you can have several different scenarios branching off from, say, whether Batman is nice to the Joker or not. So yeah, so it's it's a mixed bag for me, but I don't necessarily think the game is to blame for that. I think it's just where I'm coming at it from. I feel kind of bad now. I feel like I've ruined this game experience for you because I played it on Twitch and you were very kindly there supporting me and watching me make all these awful decisions with it. <laughs> and then like, you've come to play it yourself and been like, oh yeah, I know that this character dies and this happens and uh, oh yeah, but I did it the nice way, so it's fine. And, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, sorry, like, I, I still enjoyed bits of it. I thought the Dairy Farm episode was probably the strongest in terms of the actual narrative, in terms of, you know, the themes of surviving in a zombie apocalypse and, like, having to be careful with who you allied with. You know, I thought, you know, there were aspects of it that were still really strong and I can appreciate it on that level. And I don't, I didn't mind knowing where the story went. I told you that when we were watching the stream that I wasn't that bothered about spoilers. I obviously didn't know then that we'd be doing a podcast on it, so <laughs> it might change my answer. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's... I can't blame the game entirely because I think I was coming at it from a a more objective stance than someone who played it episodically as it was released and therefore experienced the story unfolding real-time in a way that I didn't. Yeah, and you're quite used to the Telltale sort of games as well and kind of how they've uh, developed and evolved over the years as well, whereas this was my... I guess my it was my first one as well, like back in the day, like 10 years ago, playing this sort of thing for the first time. So I wonder if the roles have been reversed, like if I would have had like a very similar opinion to where you're coming from right now as well. Mm, yeah. yeah quite possible. I like what you said about the um, the format of the episodes of the games as well, because I feel like the TV show has a really kind of similar format in that you have a group of people, they go to a place, there are zombies, and there's a bad human, and then they go off and they go into another house and it all starts all over again. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the comics suffer from that as well. So maybe it's just a Walking Dead <laughs> issue yeah, overall. Yeah. I, I do agree episode two is the strongest episode, like structurally and dramatically. Yeah. I think episode three was the ha- like the most harrowing of the lot, but I felt episode four and five were a bit cluttered, especially episode five. But like the emotional stakes were so high that you kind of rode over the, a lot of the like narrative stumbling points in that episode it's not it's not the most compelling of like ticking clock like dramas episode five but just you're so invested in the characters by that point that you kind of overlook stuff like that that's how that's how i felt anyway like complain it again i did notice the last two episodes were a bit creaky mm. yeah episode four i found was quite clunky 
in terms of how it develops i think it just it gets a bit too ambitious the game is much better when it's just stripped back and it's very focused on lee and clem specifically and sort of navigating the environment rather than the environment influencing them if that makes sense yeah no, that makes sense yeah yeah totally absolutely 100 percent. uh what about you bash how do you feel about the story oh <laughs> so i don't know like it's really weird because when you guys are like really highly praising the storytelling there, like as in Chip and Andy, like I'm sat and I just feel like one or two moments aside, I don't think I ever felt that strongly about it from a writing perspective because I find I found it to Becky's point there incredibly repetitive and very Walking Dead-y. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, do you know what? I'm gonna throw out everyone's favourite phrase that Sasha throws out far too often, that I thought it was aggressively fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yay! Not to another game I love. That's got to be a t-shirt at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I really want an aggressively fine t-shirt, I have to say. I'll, 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 I'll design something, I'll throw something together. Amazing. <laughs> I want like a little badge so we can award it to people. <laughs> For everyone's favourite phrases, favourite one up had phrases. We can all have like a little badge each or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough because it's a while since I played it. I played it directly after playing Life is Strange. Right. which is bad times i think um comparatively <laughs> because life is strange is one of those that have, um whilst also is still quite structured um there isn't like a, a branching decision tree massively much like a telltale game which are a bit more rigid in the paths you take it's still felt really um like the scale felt small like, the scope of the decisions felt small. I don't know, it felt like not a great deal mattered, ultimately, because things were just going to play out however they were going to play out. A couple of things got me. Like, it, parts of it still made me cry, so, you know. I, it definitely drew me in enough to get some emotional investment. But I know that with both of the Walking Dead games I played, by the time I got to the end of them, like, I was very much done with them. I'm very much ready to not play that kind of game for a bit. Like, I don't know, I find they sapped my energy rather than made me feel excited to play them. And there were one or two episodes where I was getting to a point where I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and I didn't have Becky's problem of having watched you play it on stream first. I played these, like, years ago. <laughs> so I just got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm bored of this now. Can we move on? Like clock watching? Because you know each episode's about two mm. hours long, right? Yeah. So I'd be looking, I'd be like, I started this like an hour and 45 minutes ago. It's got to be getting to the end. Yeah, I don't know. My stamina was just not great for them. But yeah, the story was, I thought, was fine. It was very predictable, to be fair. And like I say, very Walking Dead-y, which maybe I was just getting a bit burnt out on Walking Dead stuff by that point. I like this. I like this when we have a little divide in the pod when we're talking about a game. And I feel like, not. I don't think this is completely like two different sides. I think we've all kind of got like, like a scale of like opinions and feelings on the game uh, which i think is always the best kind of thing like it's i mean it's great when we all love a game and can talk about how much we love it but yeah i really like these kind of um like picking a game apart when uh, we all at those different sort of levels so i wanted to talk about yeah the emotional impact as well like you touched upon it there uh, sasha so what what kind of what moment was it like storytelling beats or certain character moments that got you kind of emotionally what do we do we need to say a spoiler alert or 
Yeah, we yes. can. I the, think the game is like ten years old now. I feel like. Yeah, wow. but if anyone hasn't played it, we can say we're going to talk about certain things from now on. Like this is the cut off right here. <laughs> so stop the pod, play the game, come back. Spoiler segue. <laughs> Spoilers ahead. Okay, um, so the thing that got me was, and I can't remember it. Duck, goose, duck. Yeah. I can't remember duck. <laughs> <laughs> the little boy, duck. Yeah, that whole bit really got me and like i always hate it when people do this thing where they're like oh this death really got me because um i have a mother too you know like if a mum dies in a game but like genuinely <laughs> i think at the time when i was playing this like my son will have been about two Oof. and i don't know at the time i was playing it it was really i just remember this episode this that episode stands out to me more than anything else in the game because i really specifically remember playing it i remember all of the signposting that it was going to happen like that's what was happening and i knew it was coming and just that sick feeling in the pit of my stomach and this whole time i'm playing it it was really really late at night <laughs> like my son was in his car in the other room and, oh my God. and i was just getting to this point where i was like oh no <laughs> it was like it was just one of those where sometimes it's not like a, I can't have empathy for any like in any other city, you know, like I absolutely do. But like it was just such a specific time and place to be playing it. I think it was around the time me and my son first became, you know, I first became single parent. So it was the first time we'd really become just us two as well. So, yeah, it was just like this really big that hit in a really specific way. And I was I, I cried for hours. Oh, Sasha. <laughs> Do you know, that happened to a friend of mine as well. He had young kids at the time. Uh, well, I mean, he's still got young kids, but they're older young kids now. But yeah, he had the exact same thing. He was like, I had to stop playing it for a while because mm. that death, it, it, it was too much. You know, it was far too much. It was just, it's just, it's such a lot. And there's, you know, the whole decision you have to make of a, do you do it or do you oh. let Duck's dad do it? And it's Fucking like, <laughs> And the mum, who's just, like, obviously holding him, and just like, no, my baby. And you're like, ah, oh, hate it all. Make it stop. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. And then, obviously, the end. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I think you benefit from that more so on blind playthrough, probably. Yeah. 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 But the ending was a bit, was rough. I think the good thing about the duck thing, I will say, by the way, I don't think, like, it's very cloying. Like, it doesn't feel like it's trying to force you to feel emotions like it doesn't it didn't feel manipulative to me at the time anyway and i don't know if it's because he's not a super interesting or likable character (laughs) 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 and his dad certainly isn't likable um so it kind of it really hit me out of nowhere that it got me at all i think what's clever about that death in particular is that it's not done for shock value in that sense. Like, it builds to it. As you say, you know it's coming. Yeah, it takes its time getting there. Yeah, and it's that kind of, that tension building of, at some point, Duck is going to die and he's going to turn. And it's a situation that you're going to have to deal with. So I think, you know, in terms of the lack of manipulation, it's because, because I felt the same way, even knowing what was going to happen. That was the one moment in the game that got me that did actually I didn't cry but I was like this is horrible (laughs) because I think it does it leads you through that process of his parents accepting that he's going to die or 
Kenny's case not accepting at all, just blindly ignoring the fact that this is going to happen. And, you know, having to deal with Clem knowing as well what's going to happen. So it, it sets up the whole death without it feeling like it's directing you to a certain feeling. It's just a sad, it's a, just a sad situation. It's a sad ending for, yes, and not particularly entertaining character but it's you know it builds really nicely and i like the fact that they're on the train as it builds like that feels like a really neat narrative kind of way of showing that kind of going to a destination um and there's no real stopping it once once you're on it so yeah i thought that was it was one of the best moments of writing i thought um in the game uh, for that precise reason i think it's something early Walking Dead does quite well in all of its mediums as well. The, the game, TV show, comics, is it is centred on the human element and that the way that people have to survive in this like crazy apocalyptic kind of world. And there's, you know, the TV show and the comics have these kind of moments as well where characters are killed or eaten or you know, left behind and all that sort of thing. I think the problem arises is they, they all try and repeat that moment quite a lot mm. as these things roll on. Um, especially in the games, like, yeah, you meet characters, they die, you meet characters, they die. And I think, you know, what we were saying earlier, the, the impact does lessen. But when you experience these kind of things kind of the first time and they are done really well. Um, yeah, it's very affecting. I didn't like Duck. I thought he was a nice shit. And even I went to that scene, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is horrible. This is really awful. And yeah, I think it, it's the strength of that game is these these kind of moments, especially like that. I liked the uh, contrast between like Duck's death and there's like the death just before Duck's death happens with um, it's either Ben or Carly outside the yes the and that's that's a shock death but like it's a nice contrast between the slow like crushing inevitability of Duck's death like I I felt Car- like for me it was Carly's death because I let Ben die sorry not Ben <laughs> uh, what's his name Doug. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Doug, lo- yeah. Lovely Doug. Yes. Oh, sweet, innocent Doug. <laughs> yeah, I-, I kept Carly alive because she had a gun, even though she doesn't know how to use fucking batteries. I felt like a gun <laughs> was at least something. Fuck's sake, Carly. Jesus Christ. Don't know how to use batteries. Sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I felt her death was very shocking for me because it was, like, it was malicious, whereas Doug's death was like an accident. He was just trying to protect Ben, whereas Carly was just shot in the face, and that just, that shook me because that was just, deliberate and cruel mm. that one got to me a bit but then they slow even before that you know duck's gonna die because he's been bitten and it's like they're slowly slowly building to that and it's a nice change that they keep the misery going in that episode but like they drag ducks out yeah and then <laughs> then there's catchy's death which is another sudden shock death and then yeah. duck, duck's death happens and it just keeps going it's just a it's a fucking rough episode that but yeah, because she takes her own life, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 At least you don't see it. It's just, it's one of the. No, but when that realization when it kicks in of what she's done, and like then you see Kenny, and it's just like, yeah, it just it's all a bit too much. That episode of just everything, the, the spiral of it is a bit too much. And, and Kenny's not a very stable man to begin with, let alone after yeah, all this. Little, little, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I do want to talk about the ending because I think um because I haven't replayed this game for the pod I haven't touched it since I was did it on stream last year so it's been a little while for me so kind of all my emotional reactions and thoughts and feelings come from my initial playthrough 10 years ago yeah. so I definitely think I've got that kind of the distance and the memories of it being how I had it then 
because the ending did absolutely just kill me. Like I cried buckets <laughs> like the entire time. It, it's up there with like the games that have made me care and feel the most. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Is there a more for me? I don't know if there's a more tragic ending kind of in gaming history. Because, you know, like the duck thing, you know Lee's got bit, and you, there's a little bit of hope when you, you can decide to chop his arm off or not. Um, ultimately, whatever you decide doesn't make a difference. You know, he dies anyway. But it's those last few moments with Clem. And I think we one thing we might all agree about is the strongest part of this game is the moments between Lee and Clem, their bonds, their relationship, the way that builds. And trying to say goodbye to her, and whilst making sure that she's equipped to survive this apocalypse i typed this up in a cafe right and i made a note to say i was getting choked up reminiscent about it and i'm doing it again now because <laughs> that was so hard and then having to make a choice about whether you're going to ask her to shoot you or not and putting all this pressure on what like in how old is she eight years old something like that yeah like that. yeah it, it it got me big time and even um i want to i'm going to talk about a little a little bit about the dickhead run that i did on twitch um a bit later in the episode but like doing that on stream I couldn't be a dickhead in that moment because it got me then as well, and it still does. And it's it's an emotional impact for me uh, that is has lasted these ten years, and to the point where I st- my Steam profile picture is still a picture of Lee and Clem, um, that hasn't changed in all that time. And it's yeah, I remember it really well. It's something that impacted me in my gaming playing history like this entire time. I, th- I think. One of the bits that got me the most in that ending was the, the option where you could say, I'm going to miss you. I oh. I just, I had to like, I, that, I knew I wanted to say that, but I couldn't. I, I just saw those words and I was like, oh my God, I have to, I have to do it. And I pressed the button was, it, because the, the time was coming. I was like, I have to say something. But I was like, I don't, I, I, can I say this? It's a real <laughs> struggle. I, for my option, I decided not to have Clem shoot him. Okay. I decided I didn't want to put that on Clementine. Because I was handcuffed to the, the radiator, she was just, could just leave. It doesn't matter what happens to me. Like when when Lee's gone, he's not there. Like yeah. there's nothing left in there. It's just a thing using his body. I feel like I could make that separation. But like I don't need to let this little girl shoot her surrogate father in the head. <laughs> and then she, she yeah. like, the ending, she walks away, and then like Lee's head just kind of slumps over and hits the radiator. And then it cuts to black, and I was like, just, I just felt hollowed out at that point. I was like, oh my god! Like, there's very few games that have had made me feel like that. There's like Red Dead Redemption, two, uh, The Last of Us two, uh, that Dragon Cancer, like uh, this. There's very few games that have made me feel that fucking profoundly sad. <laughs> and that part of that game, it really messed me up. Well, do you want to go, Becky or me? Well, I have played it, so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I can comment on this bit, to be honest. Mm. But you saw it on stream, right? Like, how did you feel? Like watching it through that. How did you? How did it? How did it play out for you? I was more worried about you because you suddenly started crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it got me again. You were like yeah. laughing and joking, and then it was like a switch, and I was like, oh god, is Chip okay? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's payback for doing the dickhead run. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> be, can't be a dickhead now, can you? That was too much payback. It was too much. I mean, you should have known. You played the game before. You should have known <sighs> it was leading to this. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. But yeah, that was a <laughs> foolish choice of yours. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think I would have predicted it happening regardless. 
I think possibly because I've seen too much zombie media and I know how these things go in terms of the, those kind of surrogate family relationships. Like, it never ends well. Like, regardless. <laughs> like, it's just, it's always going to end badly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was it was sad, yeah. And I might feel differently if I if I play the final episode. But it did, it felt kind of inevitable, almost. Which is, I know, is a very cold way of addressing it after you've just got really emotional on the podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think as, as well, like, I wasn't, well, I'm, I'm not as emotionally invested in it as you. So I, I don't know that it would hit me as hard as, as it hit you guys. Are you gonna are you gonna finish the last two episodes? Are you gonna play it? If it's not for homework. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> The thing is, like you say, you you know what happens, like so it kinda of yeah. takes away the incentive to finish it. Yeah. And it, it's not yeah. like you're playing like a game blind where like you're going along for the ride, like Game of Thrones or something like that, where you you just you don't do not know where it's gonna go and like and you're invested in keeping these characters alive because you're playing them. Yeah. You've already seen where the story leads, so there's less. Exactly. There is going to be less connection for you because you haven't been there. You you didn't go for that ride the first time. <laughs> you weren't there, man. Okay, you weren't there. <laughs> you weren't there, man. You weren't there. <laughs> like, I wasn't. There's there. a lot where, like a Batman game, where you you know all these characters are going to be fine because it's Batman. Mm. Mo- well, mostly going to be fine because it's a Batman story. But that got. I I know that like touched you more than The Walking Dead did. Like, there's yes. a lot more emotional investment to it because. It was your story. You were playing it yourself rather than watching mm. Chip deliberately trolling every <laughs> single possible moral choice. That, that definitely doesn't help. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and I, I think as well, like, I think, you know, part of the issue I had with it was, you know, I just, I didn't find the the kind of extenuating circumstances around Lee and Clem all that compelling, which means that, I just wasn't as absorbed in the story and it was very much I'm playing this for the podcast so I can talk about it which is it's not the best way to approach a game at all and I'll freely admit that so yeah I I don't know anyway I I don't think I'll finish it if I'm completely honest I just I like the Walking Dead stuff isn't really for me I've tried like all three like formats of it and yeah I think that's an element to it as well yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You're like Goldilocks if the middle bed was just a bit rubbish as well. I don't like that we're bringing Goldilocks back into this. I'll be completely honest. It went weird places last time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll just ban her from the podcast forever. Yeah, that no more Goldilocks. Thank you. <laughs> I hope they don't release a Goldilocks game. Oh, God. Oh, no. No, we're not reviewing that. No. no. Uh, moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> Bash, how about you? I don't know. <laughs> it's the end. All right, then they're moving right? on. <laughs> <laughs> this is just one of those where it's like I don't know. I find it hard to because you guys have all made really good points across the spectrum, and I don't think I feel strongly in one way or the other. Like, so would you say the ending didn't get you as much as the duck scene? Oh no, no, the ending got me for sure. Obviously, okay. I mentioned that already. The like the ending, it it did get me. And I understood the reasoning for the decisions, but that one did feel not so much manipulative, but it felt a bit more cloying for my emotion or at my emotions than the duck one did. Lee and, Lee and Clem's relationship is about the best thing 
in season one and I think that's possibly why I played season two and then didn't continue anymore mm-hmm. because yeah. I think from there on I feel you feel it the lack of that I'd agree with that a million percent and I don't know if that improves in seasons three and four but it doesn't <laughs> it really doesn't it, it does not no um <laughs> so so yeah i um like it was definitely a really emotional moment i don't know that it would get me a second time round. certainly like watching you play although i don't think i was there for that stream but i mean like even when i was watching you the duck bit didn't get me again so i don't know if so that's where i mean i don't know if my emotional investment is as much like it got me but then I don't know, the follow-through wasn't there, maybe. Yeah, you yeah. get diminished in returns, right? When it's such a shock and it's new yeah. to you, that can hit you harder, right? And then if you know it's coming, you're, you're kind of better prepared. Yeah. And also, if you feel the construction of a moment like that, I think mm. that affects you as well, like you say, about the emotional manipulation aspect of it. I think if you can feel that that's what the game is trying to do to you, which I felt with Life is Strange as well, mm. um, with the final decision... Uh, without spoiling it, but the f- the final decision you have to make, you could see the 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 inner workings of that narrative beat, and I think as soon as um, that hand is shown, it's really hard to kind of switch that part of your brain off once you've seen what what it's trying to do to you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm very resistant to manipulation. Like if I feel like they're really, like if I like you say, if you can see the mechanics of it, I just start to like get a little. Like, well, fuck you, I don't want to feel anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will say the duck scene did get me the second t- well, when I played it for the podcast, but that is because I'd, like, days before I'd just seen a, the first scan of my baby son. So I was like, I was like oh, God, oh. my father now. Good like, time in. And I was like, oh, God, we're going to be playing God of War soon as well. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is mm, this happening Troubled paternal relationships. <laughs> so yeah that, that that kind of caught me at a bad time but, but I feel like I would have like a lot of the other deaths didn't get to me as much the second time around or the most recent time uh, apart from nothing like I said ducks the, the ending I tried to shoot like uh, shooting him in the head thing just to see if it was different but it, I didn't feel anything there because it wasn't an what authentic <laughs> it wasn't like an authentic reaction for me like oh that's getting cut out of context sorry Andy that's fine Oh, like all all the like replays I've had of the game, I felt very little because they've not been a genuine reaction I had. It wasn't. I feel like in the moral choice games, the first the, the first reaction you have is the most authentic one. You're not thinking about it as a narrative. You're not thinking about how the story's going to play out if you do it this way. You're just reacting in the moment. And I was doing stuff just to see what would happen, and that's why it kind of had a bit of a disconnect for me the, sec- the second and third time around. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think another kind of thing as well is, like, yeah, the time of recording is when Jurassic Park Dominion, is that what it's called, has just come out? Jurassic Fuck. World Dominion. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the general consensus on that film is that it's a big pile of shit, but <laughs> some people have been enjoying it and some people haven't. And I think some people are swept up in that kind of new trilogy and have enjoyed those films and be like, okay, maybe it's not the best written, but I had a great time watching it. And others are really kind of like, well, no, I didn't enjoy those films. So I think they're a piece of shit. Yeah. And <laughs> it doesn't quite apply to this, but the idea that if a game or any piece of writing or media just sweeps you up, like if it gets you, then you're with it. 
and like you know me walking dead playing it fresh back in the day completely took me along for the dramatic journey of it all and that's why you know i still get those kind of emotional reactions especially to the end scene while it might be slightly diminished when i came back and played it again in a very different way <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah because it got me like i was along with it and i'm kind of a bit more blinded to maybe some of the issues within the game mm. i am going to say like no matter how many times i've played it every time the option comes for ben to die i let him die <laughs> I, I, would, I would do that a million times again i'm I, he's a liability and i'm glad he's dead he, that bit in the school episode though when he pulls out the hatchet from the door handle and runs up to you going hey guys I've got this like yeah was that possibly a thing blocking a door you fucking numpty what are you doing you getting people killed you got duck killed and I wasn't yes just you're a fucking moron I, I, I'm glad that bell zombie got you you fucking clown bastard <laughs> I agree as well yeah. and that's a perfect segue I wanted to talk about some of the characters in the game so let's start with fucking Ben because I will never forgive him for leaving Clem behind I don't want to useless shit no. of a man he is he doesn't deserve it and like that oh yeah no just, just I mean, yeah basi- fuck him basically fuck ben. everything goes wrong because of Ben like everything yes, yes. So he'd still fault. be in that yeah. motorhome like motor lodge thing if it wasn't for Ben being a little prick <laughs> and his stupid scraggly bum fluff. Should have left him for the zombies. <laughs> this is now I I hate Ben podcast, everyone. So you know if you uh don't forget to tweet in your reactions if you hate Ben too. And if you do like Ben What's pff, wrong with you? This is not oh yeah, this is not the right place for you. This is not a safe space. <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't get taken out of context because we do have someone who listens to the podcast called Ben. Oh yeah, hi Ben. <laughs> and, and I like Ben. He's a nice guy. I was gonna say, I was there. I was waiting. I'm like, no, I definitely. I mean, I like Ben. I like our Ben. <laughs> our Ben is lovely. Walking Dead yeah, Ben can get to fuck. Assuming he still listens to us, he hasn't. You know, if he doesn't, well, he's not now. Ben. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> this is a good test. We'll just call out <laughs> random listeners <laughs> in every episode. Ah. This is going to be fun going through some of these characters because we might just isolate a bunch of people that listen to the show who are like <laughs> called the same name. I hope there's no one called Larry listening to the episode. Oh, f- oh, fuck. I mean, yeah, all right. Let's just get fuck Larry out of the way, right? I'm glad that prick is dead. Big racist Jesus. asshole. Yeah. Fuck me. I was also the... glad to have his head smashed in. Yeah, I was like, I, well, I, I, that was quite I cathartic. Did, that I was did, the um, one, one bit that I forgot happened and was oh, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice and graphic and up close. Yep. <laughs> and like the game tries to manipulate you in a way because obviously you see Lily's reaction to that and it's like, oh, maybe you, you know, maybe you shouldn't have done it. And no, fuck Larry. He's a piece of shit. Hopefully Lily will see the, see the light and realise her dad was a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left her at the side of the road, so probably yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. I left her at the side of the road. Again, apologies to anyone listening called Larry or Lily. Um, we don't think you're a cunt. Unless you are a cunt. <laughs> I say, I'd like to reserve judgment. It's hard, to, it's hard to tell. We don't want to make assumptions about any of our listeners. But you're going to anyway. <laughs> Got to make some. Some pretty extreme <laughs> assumptions. Uh, well, okay, are we all going to agree that Clementine is the number one best character, Evs, right? Mm. Definitely on this I mean, year, in, in this the series. Walking Dead in this game. I've got to say, in, in this game, yes, uh, you're not. 
Yeah, and in this I will game. not agree ever. She can be a bit annoying. <laughs> Oh, Becky. <laughs> yes, Becky. Becky. She is, she is a child. Becky. Child's... I feel like that's part of the appeal. That she, she's not just going to be super sweet all the time. She is a kid, so you have to like treat her like a kid. That's that's fine. I did like that she... Uh, she was saying, Duck's always blaming me for putting uh, a bug on his pillow. And then he said, did you do it? And then she goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shit house. I, I, I like that. Yeah, she, she's, she's, she's a sweetheart and... And you do feel like obligated to get her on the right track for life without you. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm a, a human man who doesn't even want kids. Like we know, ever. they're not for me. But you're a, you're a what? <laughs> I would die for her. This, the video game version yeah. of I love Clem. She's the best, Becky. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's official. Becky wants children to die. <laughs> <laughs> That is a leap. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> and that is libel, slander. I don't know. It's one of the two. It's something. Try me. <laughs> Chip is my liar. Oh, I'm yeah. definitely going to win. No, Objection. He's going to call you for help. So it'd be a yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to win. <laughs> Conflict of interest. It gets thrown out. Oh my god, this is so confusing. <laughs> but also, I mean. I mean, for the most part, you're essentially escorting Clem through the game, aren't you? You know, yeah. But it, it's not like in like fucking GoldenEye or Bioshock, where those sort of missions are really, really annoying. I, I, I just like every decision I made in that game. But I don't care how it affected the group or anyone else, as long as Clem was safe and happy and well. That was like all I cared about in that game. So. Yeah, I think we're coming from different different angles on this one, Becky. Yeah, I think I just didn't care that much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying I've lost respect for you, but I I mean it, um, it's fine. Yeah, I am saying that. <laughs> it's nice that you think I might be bothered by that. Yeah. Like I said, like my affection for Clem is a big part of the reason why I chose the ending I did because like I just didn't want her to put her through that. She'd been through enough seeing her own parents dead and stuff like that. That's just horrifying for the poor kid. I didn't want to do that to her again. And like I say, once my soul leaves my body, I don't give a shit what you do to it. Like, shoot it, like, put in a cannon, launch it at the sun, dress it up like a character from Toy Story, whatever the fuck yes, you want. Yes, I will. I will do all these things. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've these, really... It's, it's on record now, so it's going to happen. But yeah, I just, it's, I just wanted Clem to be, you know, well-prepared, but also emotionally, as emotionally healthy as she could be. And I feel like I did the good job as I could. That's just, I, I tried my best and then died in a radiator. <laughs> Is that a, oh, is that that a chestnut? Is this, is this a sign of things to come? My pending <laughs> parenthood. We'll, we'll find out. Oh god, oh, like a dog. Um, how do we feel about Lee as a character then? Because I feel like he is a good character, but you kind of put a lot of yourself into him. You know, you make his decisions, so therefore he is you, basically. Yeah. Well, like with a lot of these moral choice games, your character has to have a bit of a blank spot on them for you to fill in yourself but like the way i played it he i felt like he's in like top tier for video game dads like with joel and kratos and arthur morgan maybe if uh, if uh, john Marston was his son <laughs> <laughs> that'd be an interesting wrinkle. i was thinking of jack but okay <laughs> 
Uh, you know, John John did his best to dad as well. But I just love Arthur. <laughs> He, he did That's his a best. debate for another podcast. <laughs> he did kill. He did kill all of his friends to like see his son again. So you know, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, please don't. I, I was going to say, yeah, don't get any ideas. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just hope that doesn't come up in the future. <laughs> anyway, just dying on a radiator. <laughs> As ever, this took a turn. Ah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, that kind of leads quite nicely into maybe talking a bit about Kenny then. Uh, does any, anyone fans of Kenny here? I'm not. A f- I'm, I mean, I wouldn't like to be around him as a person, but I did think he was a, he was a good character. Like, he's very unpredictable and, like, volatile. And I felt like that was a good... It added a lot of wrinkles to, like, your attempts to navigate this world. He wasn't... He was on your side for the most part, but you couldn't trust him to make good decisions that would help you oh god no yeah he would switch so quickly like it was always a sort of a hit and like a roll in a dice to, to see what he was going to come out with whenever you said it to him like even if you're trying to get him on side he might just be like no actually i fuck off basically <laughs> fuck off with that you prick you're like all right kenny i only asked you if you wanted a cupcake mate like come on i did really love when he asked lee if he was good at lock picking because he was urban that I enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was so cringe. Uh, <laughs> and then he was like, like no, I'm from Florida. There, right? I was like, yeah, no, I guess that. <laughs> I think Kenny's a good character, like Andy said. Um, he's very much the character love to hate type character, isn't he? But he was he's one of the more interesting and more dynamic characters, I think. Yeah. I know, I'm I- sorry, but like... I- I feel like they went to a distinct effort of making an unlikable character at times still likable versus other characters where they're just sort of automatically a bit likable. Yeah. 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 That, that's true with Kenny. Time. It's, it's, it, that carries through in season two as well. I feel like Kenny was the most interesting character. Yes, And also I would the agree. most unpredictable. Like He had the most interesting journey. Like uh, The way it ended for me with him in season two felt it felt like an organic end point for his character. Uh, that, it's one same. of the... It was yeah, like a very same. satisfying way of like that's why I had a hard time going onwards with the series. I felt like it that ending I had in season two was a really good way to wrap things up. That's why I had a hard time investing in season three onwards, even though it was all about Clement stuff. I, I felt like Kenny's story was the 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 best way to wrap that up for me. Yeah, I think he actually has the best character arc in the game in terms of everything he's doing and trying to do like with trying to keep his family together and then trying to protect his family and then like failing in that and like how he kind of has to try and carry on with that guilt i yeah i thought he was the most interesting he was certainly the most well-rounded as sasha said everyone else felt very black and white which is a shame because i think i think a lot of the side sort of subplots and stuff would have been a lot more interesting um, if there were more characters like Kenny. Yeah, I, I felt the same way about um, Shane in the TV series. He had, like, mm. he was he existed in the grey, whereas everyone else was very unambiguously good or bad. And yeah. he, was the, he was the character that I was interested in following in this world. And once he was gone, it felt like there was no room for surprises, really, so I didn't really want to continue. And it can't, that was kind of how I felt with Kenny as well. Yeah, you can understand where he's coming from a lot of the time because he's he's been through a little bit, and he's Kenny. Like, he's had a little bit of trauma there, 
in in the space of three seconds. Um, so yeah, yeah, I like Kenny. I think he's an interesting character. Um, I I did want him. I, I really wanted him to be on our side and make good decisions and be a part of the gang. But at the same time, just wanted to tell him to fuck did. off every now and then as well. Yeah, he also he hated Ben, so you know it gets. <laughs> yeah, he he had Ben's number straight away. He was like, yeah, let's, let's yeah. just kill this little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a direct quote. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> I think the last character I just want to mention is someone we've mentioned before is Doug, poor sweet darling Doug, who I tried to save first time around and who died very very quickly, even though he was such a sweet boy. Yeah, I want to talk about Carly as well, because I really liked Carly. I thought she was interesting. And then, obviously... The batteries. The... Unless she was putting together <laughs> a radio. And then well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like her knowing about Lee and her... She kind of operated in the grey as well, a little bit more yeah. than some of the other characters did. But the game obviously didn't let that happen beyond a certain point. Yeah, that felt like they were cutting off an interesting story, Fred, because they didn't have time to tell it. Yeah. So this boom shot. Her. Yeah, this I would agree, shame. especially in favor of a character like Lily, who was one-dimensional, maybe two at best. <laughs> two, I'd say two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she loses one for her racist dickhead dad. <laughs> well, that's all she had, really. Like that was her big, and trying to keep the gang together and just being an absolute cow while doing it. Like I don't yeah. think she was very grey area. She was just she was set up as a an antagonist. And there wasn't really, like, even when Lee tried, because I had it that she he tried to keep Lily on side as much as possible. Yeah, she wouldn't be, she wouldn't have any of it, would she? Really? No, exactly. Like, bah, so, bah, bah, bah. you know, there wasn't. Here's an apple. Give it to somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, and then obviously she shoots whoever you know what. However, your story plays out, and it, yeah, it just felt very one note. Like, oh, she's bad, and she's got a bit. How crazy. Yeah. yeah, when I left her on the side of the road, that was it for me. I didn't really think... About it. I did think she was going to come back into it, but, like, I, I was done with her. I was yeah. like, that's fine. That's you done. You stay there. Like, spoiler alert, she does come back in the final season. Ooh, she's the main, she's the main antagonist in the final season, so it kind of comes that full circle. Oh, she, she goes she, full Larry. She's fucking crazy. So, like, leaving her on the side of the road didn't help. <laughs> it made me feel better. She's though. upset about that. <laughs> it did at least give her something of a personality because like, <laughs> she was insane so that kind of helped a little bit well one thing I, I liked about The Walking Dead back in the day when it came out was the episodic format that it came out in that kind of like TV show drama that it brought with the cliffhangers and the you know previously on The Walking Dead and all that sort of thing uh, for me it was kind of I think it was the first like episodic game that I'd ever played up until that point and obviously that was Telltale style from then on but how do we all feel about episodic games and that, that kind of format when it comes to games? Do we like it? Do we not like it? Does it work for this story? Would you like to see it more? Becky? I knew you were going to come to me first. No, you didn't. You didn't know that. I didn't. I don't know. Just had a feeling. Because um, I was trying to sort of get the thoughts straight in my head. So I was like, obviously, he's going to come to me first while I'm still like mid-construction. <laughs> yes, that's what you get for not thinking Clem is the best. Oh, fine. I'll take it. <laughs> So I like the episodic format uh, for games. So I loved it for Batman and for Game of Thrones, especially. I, I think the way Telltale constructs their games really lends itself to that. But also, I think it helps them cover a multitude of sins. 
as well, um, which I found in The Walking Dead um, in terms of, because essentially I was binging it to, to play it for the pod. So things like the structure became more apparent. Whereas I think when, you know, you're playing it with a decent gap in between, those things don't register quite so much because your brain just latches onto kind of the big moments that you enjoyed rather than the kind of the grind through the narrative. I think it probably helps them in terms of how they construct their stories. Um, and certainly in this one, I really like the episodic format. I think it's a really compelling way of playing a game, especially one when you do get emotionally invested in it. I'm still gutted we don't have a second season of Game of Thrones because that yeah, ended yes. on a hell of a set of circumstances. So yeah, I think it it's it's an interesting format. I don't know if I'd like more games to do it. I think it has to be a very specific type of game because otherwise, you know, if, if your story isn't compelling enough or your characters aren't compelling enough, then there's no reason to go back and you're just going to shoot yourselves in the foot. But yeah, for, for stories like this, I do, I do think it works. Bash? Yeah, I um I love episodic games um, in general, I think, because they're like neatly chunked. I sort of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> neatly chunked. I, they are neatly chunked. <laughs> like, if you... So if you're playing, so like the, the all of the Telltale, to be fair, they're like what, usually five episodes a season. Each episode is about two hours ish, give or take. Uh, you, my brain can comprehend that that time chunks, and and so if nothing else, I think they're really good for that. I think Telltale as a whole sometimes seems very stuck to the sort of almost two hours an episode. So some of them feel like they have filler. Yeah, I have not played this recently enough to remember if this felt like it had a lot of filler or not. But yeah, as a format, I'm. I'm very pro episodic. Although I will say that when I played this, it wasn't coming out in episodes at the time. I think the only Telltale game I've played episodically, no, two, um, was Tales from the Borderlands. Like I played those as they came out and um, Guardians of the Galaxy. They're the only two that I played, like actually waited for the next episodes. Anything else I've played of Telltale's I've generally done when it's been out and it's collected together at least season by season if nothing else and if you want to play more than one episode you can but that i will say about telltale games i find that i play one episode and i really don't want to play another <laughs> but you know even as much as i loved life is strange that was the same when i finished a chapter i didn't want to play another because the offset of that is that you know well if i start this next one i'm gonna want to finish it in one sitting and that's like two and a half three hours or whatever mm. rather than like any game that's just you know linear without the fixed end points of a section where it's like oh i can just do like an extra 10 minutes or whatever but i don't know maybe some people can like stop mid chapter around mid episode and that's fine i'm just not one of them yeah i can't do that <laughs> yeah same it's nice to have that kind of ending it's like you know it's basically like the tv format isn't it where you get that cliffhanger you're satisfied for the amount of time that you spent with that story you're looking forward to the next one the i mean i played all the walking dead apart from the last season which i haven't played episode by episode as they were released and i i do really like i'm with you guys i like the episodic format but there were times when they would literally between be like months mm. between the episodes drop in and i have a memory like a sieve made out of a fucking goldfish so it was always really hard for me to know what was happening like 
broader points I kind of got okay we're at this point but I was like well who is this character and why are they mad at Kenny and I found that quite that struggle at times so I think you know in future when it comes to sort of episodic games if there were any more coming out that I did want to play I would wait until everything was ready available as one collection and then I can spend like a week playing it or a couple of weeks but just having that more fresh in my mind and I think I'd, I'd enjoy it more that way yeah I, I was um I was an early adopter like you like th- th- that first season in particular they really didn't have their episodic release cycle started no so what there were like some episodes where you went three months between like installments and it just it dragged out a bit but like they they kind of worked it out eventually and it became a lot they were a lot closer together i i really do like the episodic structure because it lets you like it gives you a scenario new characters like you deal with the story in that episode you move on it's like all neatly done in like two hours or so you don't have to worry about having to deal with it later in the future because you know the new episode is going to do something different it just it just not, nothing st- st- upstairs it's welcome which is nice when it when they release like at a normal rate like it gives you enough time to like stew on the stuff you've done and think about it and <laughs> remember like, it like um the first the first hitman game for the reboot trilogy was re- done episodically so they'd release a level every like couple of months so it'd give me loads of time to like work with those levels, find out all the secrets, think about all the story implications, things like that. And like every every good episodic game really does that. And that's that's why I like the uh, weekly release format for TV shows rather than the binge format. I like to like spend my time on one episode before the next one comes out, and like rather than playing them all at once and just getting burned out like halfway through, I like to take my time, and that's why I like. It's like it's why I like Life is Strange one and two, but I'm not really heavily interested in getting True Colors because it's not released episodically. I feel like I just just something oh, about it? my oh, brain. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was released as a full game, wasn't it? Mm, so I, I, okay. I just can't I can't get my head around it. I like having that structure yeah. to just play things in chapters and like 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 Sasha said, uh, you got you you know you're there for two hours and like you, then you're done. You can walk away. And that's that's it's nice to know that you've only got like if you've got the time in the afternoon, you can just throw away a couple of hours, play a game, and then you don't have to think about it for like two months. Which is nice. <laughs> I, I think I'd like a month. Like two months is when I'm starting to like it's all going out of my head. So I think yeah, a month would be nice. I, I I'm I will give them two months if I have to, because obviously developing games is really hard, but <laughs> after a certain point I feel like, well, you should have thought this through a bit more and i maybe started developing it a bit sooner i'm I'm getting very impatient here i think there was six weeks was it the second season of batman where it was like six six weeks between episodes that felt that felt like a good amount of time yeah i think it was they they they, they knocked about towards the end of telltale cycle they really yeah nailed down by then and that that was a really like it was a really strong season ever anyway i mean the batman game is probably my favorite telltale but I think that really favoured um, having that kind of snappy-ish release schedule and being episodic as well. There was enough time in between to to stew, as you said, over what you'd done. But also discuss how you got about it. Like I know Andy and I would spend ages talking about our decisions on on Batman, yeah, and Game of Thrones actually. Yeah, just re-traumatized oh, yeah. ourselves. Trauma. Like, which brother did you kill? Oh, oh my god! I'm still genuinely. You talk about how like 
being completely got by a game. I genuinely sat for a good half an hour after that Game of Thrones decision feeling terrible. Like I've never known anything like it. <laughs> yeah, I think I I don't know if we're going to talk about like the decisions and stuff at all and like the comparison, but I've always found that to be a really fun uh discussion point when it comes to telltale games of seeing the the kind of the percentages of of who did what. Yes. Yes. And it was really interesting to me on The Walking Dead that everything was roughly 50-50. Yeah. In all, of, like, in all of the choices, every episode I finished, I think there was only a couple where it got into like 30-60 territory. It was really even, and I've never seen that before. So that was interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I like that you can I like judging people based on those things yeah, as well. What, like, what 46 percent did this? What, you yeah. monsters? <laughs> you let Kenny kill Duck? What? <laughs> you didn't think Clem was the best character ever? What? Yeah, no. We're not going to agree on that one, Chip. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I know, it's fine. <laughs> Is it fine? Is it? <laughs> Something that we've mentioned on the pod today and before, and you've probably seen me talk about it on Twitter if you follow me there as well, or follow me on Twitch. Um, but yes, I did do this thing called The Walking Dead, The Dickhead Run. The original idea of this was you know hey why don't i play the walking dead on stream but i'll just make absolutely all the bad decisions and get everyone killed and be a dickhead and ha 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 that will be funny content won't it won't that be good narrator then it it was not yeah (laughs) (laughs) it turned out to be i think one of the hardest things i've had to do I mean, I had to be mean to Clementine up until the very end. I couldn't do it in the end scene. That was too much. But I had to sit there and make her cry. I had to sit there and work out if letting Kenny kill his zombie family or doing it myself was the more dickish thing to do. Yeah. I, I, it, it was just really tough. I, th- I thought it'd make interesting content. I hope that it did. And we all had some laughs along the way around the pain. Shooting children. Can I uh, can I just ask you a question? Yeah. Because I, I really feel like this needs to be pointed out to the audience and, and people listening at home. Oh, God. Who made you do this? <laughs> Me. And, and who made yeah. you stick to it? Me. So whose fault is this? Mine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I definitely berated you a few times on stream about that, saying, this is all you're doing. Yeah, whenever oh, no. you complain about it, I'm like, only you is making you do this. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, but I have this like semi-completion. No, make that sounds wrong. Uh, like this, Again, this... <laughs> two episodes in the raw now. We've talked about completing completion. What I mean is that even if something's terrible, I would try and finish it. Everything sounds that like still a sounds. Yeah, now. no, this Stop is. Stop it! Stop it! You know what I mean? Like I've I've stuck to walking, uh, finishing the Walking Dead TV series now, even though that's not great. And I'm not loving it. But, but you know, I, I started... The, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's just a thing that I like to do, like ticking off boxes or something, you know, like a to-do list. Um, I just figured I started it. I would like to finish it. I think because I don't have the emotional investment in the, the seasons after the first season, it will be easier. It, but I, I just don't like being dick in video games anyway. I think with the exception of punching a journalist through a window in Mass Effect, I don't like being a dick <laughs> in games. It's hard. <laughs> So, Again. yeah, it's probably going to be a struggle with a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I take full responsibility for this. But in, in some ways, it was the only way that I'd ever want to play the game again, sort of. Because, like, I think Andy 
brought this point up earlier in that the decisions I made in The Walking Dead the first time I ever played it, there that's my universe and my choices. That's the game. I I not interested in seeing the other ones. Like for me, that was my narrative. So I I thought kind of Telltale Games would be a good thing to do on stream. Like it's a good inclusion thing to talk with the people that are watching and you know have some fun. So yeah, I I thought it would be fun content. It was in places, I think, but also was not. And yeah, I'm hoping to do that again because I've been trying to get back into Twitch more because I've, you know, just a few that I've done getting back into things. I've really enjoyed it. So I want to do this and I want to finish it because I think we got to like halfway through season two. Maybe that break was a good idea. Maybe that's really going to help to get away from it or it's going to make things a lot worse. I guess we'll find out. But for me, yeah, it was the only way I could play the game again. You stopped playing season two right as things were going about getting like extremely fucked up. <laughs> well, that'd be a shot to the system when we get back into it, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think. <laughs> what I think is it from the season three? Because in season two, you play as Clem, right? You do, yeah. Yes, so I was remembering that correctly. Then do you play as Clem in three and four? You play as mm-hmm. Clem and end. another character in three, and you play as just Clem in four. Okay. Because the only thing I'd say with the Dick and Run, I guess, is it's a bit harder to do, I would imagine, as yes. Clem. And also, like like you said, the hardest part of watching you do the Dickhead Run was when you were being a Dickhead <laughs> to Clem. And this comes yeah. back to yeah. that whole, the most, one of the most compelling things to me about se- season one is Lee and Clem. And them navigating that sort of pseudo-father-daughter relationship in the apocalypse. That's the most compelling thing in, of course, The Last of Us. But that's obviously a very different game. But, like, thematically similar, I guess. I was going to say, I'd say it was quite a similar game, to be honest. I think I meant, obviously, play style. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're completely different games. But, um, yeah, thematically very similar. Uh, That was the thing, like I said, that I felt was lost for me in season two going forward. I imagine, as Clem... When you're playing as Clem, it's so much easier to be a dickhead because then you're a kid. Yeah, she's, growing up she's... in this world, that it's really easy to be to play that character, being a shitty kid. <laughs> Becky will you love it. You kind of have to be a dickhead because <laughs> you're surrounded by strangers who don't trust you and treat you poorly. Yeah. So being a dickhead feels like a, just a defense mechanism. Yeah, it's like a natural reaction. It's actually reaction. quite satisfying to be to tell people to go fuck themselves or shoot them or whatever. Yeah. No, oh, thanks, guys. You made me feel so much better about this now. I still think you're an yeah. idiot for doing this. <laughs> do, do Just a dickhead to run out. on uh, Game of Thrones or something. Oh, God, don't do a dickhead run of Game of Jesus Thrones. You'll traumatise yourself. <laughs> I think there's only a dickhead oh. run of Game of Thrones, though, to be honest. Yeah. There is no decision that goes well in that game. A suicide run where you just try and get everybody killed. <laughs> it's probably it's really last easy. one episode done. Very easy. Everything can kill you in that game. Yeah, I, I'll just try all the Telltale games as dickhead runs. I want to do some David Cage games as dickhead runs as well. <laughs> that, that's, that's just a no-brainer. Like, that's I mean, just David Cage. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't let you not be a dickhead. If you, if, you, script, if, you hurt, if you hurt my little robot boy. <laughs> what about Christy Crab? <laughs> and Christy the Crab. If you hurt Christy the Crab and my little robot boy, I will come for you. <laughs> context sort of i guess in the last episode <laughs> listen to that to understand what the fuck's going on right now. i am i am largely without context as a person but <laughs> yeah that should be your twitter bio largely without context <laughs> yeah
Uh, mine will just be dickhead. Yeah. So I think seeing you play dickhead runs, it is really fun. It is a really fun format. Like, if nothing else, like, it's just really great to sit there for, like, two hours watching you and scream, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing this? I enjoyed that personally. Yeah, same. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you get two hours to abuse me, that's going to be right up your alley, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, did any of you ever play the Guardians of the Galaxy one? I uh, played uh, the first episode and then just forgot that yeah, it was a so. thing. <laughs> yeah, that. so that has surprisingly really great emotional beats, but I bet you could do a really good dickhead run with that because Star-Lord obviously Ooh. leans easily into being a dickhead. Yeah, I'll, I'll just play it like Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. And then Tales from the Borderlands, which uh, certainly this group there is my favourite Telltale game by far. It's so good. That would lean very well into a dickhead run as well. But it's also got like in a way where the Walking Dead will depress the shit out of you doing it. (laughs) The the Telltale, the uh, Tales from the Borderlands will not it's hilarious okay. it's just so funny and actually though i still cried at the end <laughs> there's some good emotional beats in it It has some really good surprising emotional beats i also think it's the best borderlands game and i say that as a fan of borderlands a lot like a big fan <laughs> of the borderlands games. are there any bridges to jump over oh no don't don't that's not no, please. <laughs> i've had enough of trauma in this episode already there's um there a bit there's the finger guns fight that's all quick time events that's just magnificent yeah really like i I would definitely watch you do more of these runs i don't think any of them will be as soul destroying as the walking dead but i think there's a very specific setup where it was upsetting that's good i um that's good to know that i can do these dickhead runs and not be emotionally traumatized but also trying to step on all the emotional beats of these games as well that sounds like the perfect kind of mix Well, it's that time of the podcast where we have a recommendation and I've kept it zombie themed for this month and also maybe slightly controversially a video game themed. It's a video game that I'm recommending. What? How dare you? I know, I know. I, I, I know, I I'm sorry. I game last week, so. Last week? Oh. Last episode. <laughs> what is time? <laughs> I'm going to recommend uh, Project Zomboid. Um, oh yes. It's, okay. Fine. Yeah, I thought you'd have that one. It's a game that me and Andy have played. It's the, kind of the most pure Walking Dead experience you could have without all the <laughs> shit bollocks kind of surrounding it. I think it's a really great game. It's a zombie survival game. You're in an apocalypse and you just have to survive. And it is impressively in depth as to what you can do in terms of the items you can find, what you can craft, you can make splints and everything. And it's really difficult you have one character if that character dies they're done you have to start a new character and go again you can have many different kind of styles of character the sort of strengths and weaknesses of them and yeah it's uh it's procedurally generated i believe as well right in terms of like the items and i'm not sure the maps as well are they procedurally generated the maps are the same but everything okay in the map is different yeah but it goes from everything, from simply, you know, finding a baseball bat to, you know, hold off the hordes and, you know, put boards across doors to keep them out. To if you get really far, you can build a farm and, like, we, survive there. We have not built a farm yet. <laughs> no, 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 we have not. We, we ended up, last time we played it, we ended up in our underpants, like, bleeding slowly to death. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the last time I watched him play it, Chit was in his underpants with bleeding feet, so. And he'd, he'd beaten me yeah. to death with a hammer or something because <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> 
And was it the first time we played it, um, you died, turned into a zombie, and then killed me? Yes. That yes. feels like exactly yeah. so, how it would go. <laughs> didn't, didn't cheer me to a radiator, that's why. <laughs> oh, but next time we play, like, from the get-go, that's what I'll do. It's a really fun game to play with someone. Like, I haven't tried it by myself, really, but I can't imagine it's as fun. Like, I've had the best time playing it with you. You should stream it at some point. Yes, yeah, that needs to happen. That definitely needs yeah, to happen. Yeah, you guys should stream it on our Twitch channel that we Ooh, have. Oh, yes, yes. That we have and haven't not used yet, but we, we will. Going to, damn it. Come. <laughs> Leave us alone. We, just, we claimed it so no one else would. <laughs> and it's, I think it's still pretty cheap to pick up on Steam and stuff. So yeah, absolutely check it out. Project Zomboid, a great game. Well, we've told us that you can find us on Twitch. Um, you've you told can us. also what? find us. You've told us. What? You said, you've told us. You've told us. <laughs> you've told us. <laughs> yeah, you've told us. Yeah. The audience, audience has told us. <laughs> In fan mail telling us you're on Twitch. Right? <laughs> what? We are? Yeah, that's that's how Is we do. That's what we haven't right streamed. <laughs> Amazing. Oh fuck! I have to keep that in, don't I? We've we've no, you've wait who? We've told we've you. Told you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> that you it's really warm. That you can find us on Twitch. Uh we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. All the same name. It's at one up pod one U U U Shit, what is one wrong? One U P P O D. I don't like that. This is fine. One up pod everywhere. Find us. Say hello. That would be really great. Becky, where can they find you? Becky Grace Lee on Twitter. <laughs> Bash. Bash at Demon Head on things. <laughs> and Andy. Uh, I forgot. Oh, truly <laughs> underscore defective on Twitter. Uh, and you can find me at Twitter um, at the Chip Thompson. And if you'd like to come out uh, to come and see, come, out, <laughs> sure, come see me on Twitch, do the dickhead runs. <laughs> you come out so, yeah. I already came out, oh, Chip, but thank help. you. Yes, this, this went really well so far. And it's, very warm, it's very warm. It's very warm. Everyone's melting. Yeah, Chip Thompson's thumbs on Twitch. Follow that. Right, thank some of us you. don't Appreciate have a ceiling it. fan, Sasha. <laughs> Oh, the window open. I can't. There's trades. Yeah, blame the church. My <laughs> context is the church next to me. I'm not just angry at the church. I also have a train track near my house. Like, I don't just have trains. I am angry at the church, but that's different. <laughs> I'm not mad at trains. And, and... Has the word zombie lost all meaning socials. for anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for getting for that section. Thank you for listening to the entire episode. <laughs> oh, it went really well for such a long time. Um, if you are enjoying what we're bringing you, please, please, please do come and subscribe and the podcast format of your choice. Uh, don't forget to give us a share. Come say hello to us on Twitter. Come tell us about your favourite zombie games, your Walking Dead experiences. We always love it when you get in touch. And any sort of reviews that you can leave us as well, that helps us big time um, with the old algorithms, which change on like a daily basis. But basically, if you like us and you leave us a review with some words and some stars, preferably about five of them, then it really helps us in the long run. So do that. Thank you very much. We'll be back next month where we are going to cover video game adaptations. Ooh. I don't know why I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> but until Stop that time, don't, for- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. don't forget to get a life and play video games. That went well. <laughs> <laughs>